Christine Bentley in studio with Kate Wheeler, and you are listening to What She Said on 105.9 The Region. Today's show is brought to you by Meridian Credit Union. Expecting more for your money, that's wealth esteem. And we have a fabulous show lined up for you today. Of course we do. Always. It's the day after Robbie Burns Day. Did you uh, partake in a little, uh, you know, scotch nosing last night? No. I used to have Dave Duvall who used to bring me, <laughs> bring me um, haggis. Oh, yum. Yum. I love haggis. You love you? haggis? Oh, my. I love haggis. Okay. So you're one of the few. Good one for of you. the few. I also like liver. Oh, I love liver. Yeah. I love liver. I mean, I'm one, I'm one of the few people I know that orders liver when they go to restaurants because yes. my family won't eat it at home. Well, yeah, because they, they want you to then open every door and window to air the house out if you yes, cook it. So that's true. That's true. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, so we are going to be uh, talking about the side hustle. You know, lots of people out there need to make and want to make a little extra cash on their own terms. And there's a whole industry out there just waiting to help. It's called direct selling. So today we're going to be talking about the benefits of it with Linda Rose, the general manager of Mary Kay Cosmetics and Nadia Desrochers of Mary Kay Independent Sales Director. Have you bought stuff from Mary Kay over the years? I don't think so. I think I, no, I don't think I've done Mary Kay, but I've done... Um, but you've done all those other like yeah, other things that, that people come, exactly. come through. So we're going to Ex- talk about how it works. And, and apparently it's a particularly great uh, career or side hustle yeah. or a little business yeah. for women. Absolutely. From stripper stages, swish cabaret lounges to film sets and silky adventures through sexual minefields, Sonia Cote's memoir, I'm Not Naked Anymore, covers it all. She is one of Canada's most celebrated and respected artists, and we're going to talk to her about what it was like putting her Me Too story down on paper. Film critic Anne Brody has the latest movie and TV reviews, including a look at Cold War, Serenity, and the Ted Bundy tapes on Netflix. Personal finance expert Barry Troy is going to talk to us about why life insurance should be part of your financial plan. Music and words, as we know, have the power to create social change, to inspire, empower, and give hope to those touched by mental illness. We'll be talking to Ingrid Tahari. She's the Artistic and Executive Director of High Notes Avante. They aim to inspire, give hope, and connect those touched by mental illness through artistic expression. Mm-hmm. Now, and we have a little artistic expression to end the show in our live studio sessions. Canadian country singer-songwriter Scotty James will be here performing Like It Never Happened. So be sure to follow us on social media at What She Said Talk. Check out our website. It's www.whatshesaidtalk.com. There are some new blogs and videos up there right now that you may not want to miss. She Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. To contact the show, go to whatshesaidtalk.com. Meridian's three-year escalator GIC can help you save for a bucket list trip. In the first year, earn 2% interest. In the second, 3%. In the third, 4%. Those escalating savings could be the difference between this trip and this trip. Visit a branch or meridiancu.ca today to get started. Meridian, saving for a better life while living your best life. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. This is 105.9 The Region. What she said. What she said. 
She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Direct selling is usually associated with party plan or network marketing companies. However, these aren't the only type of companies that use direct selling. Joining us today to tell us more is Linda Rose, General Manager of Mary Kay Cosmetics, and Nadia Desroches, a Mary Kay Independent Sales Director. Welcome both of you to What She Said. Thanks for having us. (laughs) Okay, so for some who may be a little confused, tell us exactly what direct selling is. Well, direct selling is a really exciting industry in Canada. It is comprised primarily of 82% of them are female, which is Mm -hmm. exciting. More than 1.3 million Canadians sell direct selling. So really what it is, is it's the purchase from the company to the consumer. So in Mary Kay, um, our consultant, Nadia, would purchase directly from from us as a company, and then she would resell to to the consultant. So they also have the option to sell, you know, from their home, from a website. So they're not using traditional retail outlets. Right. So you might sell directly to the consumer. Correct. Yeah. You said consultants. Oh, you said consultants. I was like a little little confused about that. But it's, um, I guess it's it's the the growth or the... the uh, becoming a grown-up of, of what we used to think of as Tupperware parties. Yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. That's what it is. So it's all about your network. It's networking. It's entrepreneurism. I think what we find, what is really exciting is that women come out of there no matter what time in their life. So so I can remember meeting Nadia when you just had young children mm-hmm. and, you know, the children have grown. So it's one of those businesses that can evolve with you depending on how your lifestyle is going, where you want it to fit into your life. You know, you run your own business. You're in business for yourself, but really not by yourself. So I guess that's why it's such a great business to be in, direct selling for women. Mm-hmm. So when did you start, Nadia? So I started, it'll be 20 years next wow. month. Yeah. And at the time I was home on a mat leave with um, an extended mat leave with a one-year-old and a three-year-old. And I fell in love with the eye cream. And I thought the idea of getting the eye cream at cost price and would be fun. And I thought, well, let me try this and see if I have, this might be a viable opportunity to have the flexibility to work from home. Mm-hmm. And um, I went to my director's meetings each week, basically, my husband used to say, just to get out of the house. It gave me an excuse. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, you're we understand. Little ones. You understand. <laughs> have an adult conversation about anything. Exactly. <laughs> it gave me an excuse to get cute, put on pantyhose, and go out and have some fun girl time instead of just going to the mall and spending money. So, And I'm so glad that I actually did that because that's where I actually saw the bigger picture with things. And um, I wanted to say that it wasn't until I went to my first leadership conference, which is a conference for directors only, and that's the top 2% of the company, that I saw that this was such a lucrative business opportunity. Um, I went to San Antonio 18 years ago, and by that point, as Linda said, I had small kids, but but by that point, I was um, seven months pregnant with baby number four. So I used to get kind of teased that I was in two kinds of production. (laughs) (laughs) And I went to San Antonio, yes, to kind of escape and get away, but I'm so glad I did because it was meeting those directors there and seeing, imagine 8,000 women all in the same director suit. Um, there's such a sense of sisterhood and belonging. And these women were professional, articulate, career women who had left amazing professions to do Mary Kay full time. And I thought, wait, what? Like, I did not realize that this was something that you yeah. could do this way. And that's when I knew that if it's good enough for them, this is good enough for me. How has the landscape changed 
for direct selling in, mm-hmm. let's say, her career span, your career span? What do you see? It's it's changed dramatically. I think, you know, when I started, it was just about doing a party, doing a skincare class. And now we do things through social media. Each of the directors have their own website. Um, they have their own branding. Um, we're we're booking classes through texts. I mean, there's so many different avenues of income that a woman can have. So it's you don't have to just do the party mode. Um, you have this wonderful clientele that you connect through online. We just launched this week a, a new app that takes a picture of your, your skin, analyzes it, and then we send you a list of the products that you need. So the evolution has been huge. Um, and for Mary Kay, I think the biggest evolution is the young people that have joined. We have a huge group of 20 and 30-year-olds that are joining and saying, I want to run my own career. I want want to do it on my own terms, um, and I want to set my own hours and set my own income. And that's been exciting to see the evolution in Mary Kay. Now, now Nadia said mm-hmm. that she fell in love with, with a cream, eye cream, I think mm-hmm. you said it was. Do you feel it's very important or somewhat important to be passionate about the product that you're dealing with? I do. I mean, I think when you're passionate about what you sell, it's easier to sell it because Mm -hmm. you can use personal experiences. um, You can share how you've used it, how it's it's changed. And that's, I would say, for 99% of our consultants, they join just because they fall in love with the product first, then they fall in love with the company, what it stands for, and then they fall in love with the career. So obviously, the product line has probably gone through a huge transformation uh, as well. Yeah. We're not your grandmother's makeup anymore, <laughs> as is evidence with Nadia, so, yeah. <laughs> um, with, with our young people. I think, you know, there's that idea of who we used to be, which, you know, is the pink packaging and all of those things. And if you look at who Mary Kay is, it's this progressive brand um, from a technology point of view. We've just uh, opened a brand new R&D facility in our head office in Dallas, Texas, you know, that is has more doctors and scientists than most other companies. We're very much focused on that skincare. So we're, we're unique. We've changed a lot. Now, Mary Kay is a member of the Direct Sellers Association. Correct. So tell us what that means and, and why it's important. I think for the consumer, anybody that's a member of the Direct Selling Association gives them that that sense that this company um, is following the ethics and the integrity that are expected. Because there always sometimes is, is direct selling safe? Is it something that I should be doing? When you join a member company, we are upholding um, regulatory things that we have to follow from an ethics and an integrity point of view. Plus, we also work with government. And any of those companies that join the DSA also have to be vetted. So the consumer can feel very safe. Um, and the direct selling company represents people like Naughty or the 1.3 million women, 82% of them that are women that are in the association from regulatory through to taxation, all of the different issues that it represents mm-hmm. the companies and its members. And I would imagine, too, being members that a lot of those companies provide training and keep their members updated and all the people that work with and for them. One of the things that I think I'm so proud about in direct selling is the training that all the companies give. Um, I think anybody that has been our company, I often say, you may not drive a pink Cadillac, but I promise you will leave our company with more self-confidence, with an entrepreneurial attitude and some great training. Who gets the pink Cadillacs these days? People like Nadia. Hey, you have one. (laughs) I'm a premier car driver. He's on order. I still do that. That's that's great. That's a little bit of history. So do you have any advice for would-be entrepreneurs, Nadia, if they want to start off? They're listening to this and they think, I could do this. I could fit this into my life. Yeah. um, I would think that what I would advise is, first of all, if this is something you're considering, don't take advice from somebody that you wouldn't be willing to trade places with is one thing. Secondly... Um, uh, I'm trying to remember the other thing I had. Um, 
you could think of Mary Kay actually as an amazing apprenticeship opportunity. I think of my two older kids in university right now doing co-op placements. One is like ready to take a placement at minimum wage and the other one is willing to take one for no pay. And Mary Kay is an amazing, well-paid, you could think of it as two-year opportunity to get amazing communication skills and Mm -hmm. grow in ways you never knew you could. And after two years, you'll know if entrepreneurship is something that's for you. How, what is the age gap? How young would you hire somebody or would you allow somebody? At 18. At At 18, 18, they're they're able to join. So a university student could basically do this. I had a really fun occasion in Quebec. I had a 20-year-old had earned her first paint Cadillac at the age of 20. Um, And we have this kind of rule that you have to have been a driver for four or five years. Well, we had to give up that rule because she was at, eight, <laughs> at 20. Um, no, you could join as young as 18. Um, and I have directors who are in their 90s that have been with our company. We've been in Canada 40 years. So we have you a have directors that are 90 mm-hmm. years old. Yeah, they look they look pretty amazing. You know, well, it's because they're using yeah, the products. That's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that, exactly. That's what's so cool about this industry is that no matter what your age, it fits into your lifestyle. Right. Right. What's your favorite product? My favorite product is our oil-free eye makeup remover. It was the first product I fell in love with, and I still love it to this day. And yours, is it still the eye cream? And No, mine is the Volifirm line because it's got hyaluronic acid, which is an mm-hmm. amazing boost of hydration. But my favorite product is the Biocellulose um, Korean-inspired mask with coconut water and orchid extract. Oh, it sa- sounds love. edible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nadia, tell, tell us how people would get in touch with you. So people can get in touch um, basically by going to marykay.ca, mm-hmm. and they they can put in their postal code and th- th- it will bring up a bunch of consultants that are within their that area, that area. Okay. and they can choose to get in touch with a consultant and anybody that they would get in touch with would be really thrilled to offer them a complimentary pampering session. And they, it's fun and it's free. Why not? Why not? Why? Uh, and how do people find out more about direct selling? Where can they go? They can go to the dsa.ca website and just learn about direct selling in general. They can also go to the Mary Kay site where we talk about direct selling and what the opportunity is like. Excellent. Yeah. This would be a great opportunity for people to look into mm-hmm. young people. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Thank you both for joining us today. Tell us all about it. Thanks. Thank you. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Take the Hill Street Challenge and go alcohol-free for 30 days. Because when you go alcohol-free, good things happen to your body. Better sleep, less tired, greater focus. There is one downside, however. Oops. Higher furniture costs. Take the Hill Street Challenge and see what you can break. Learn more at hillstreetchallenge.com. Cheers to a better you. This is 105.9 The Region. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and 
Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. From stripper stages, swish cabaret lounges, to film sets and silky adventures through sexual minefields, Sonia Cote's new memoir, I'm Not Naked Anymore, covers it all. She's one of Canada's most celebrated and respected artists and joins us now in studio. Welcome to What She Said. Thank you. Thank you. We are very excited to have you in because early last year you released a little book that catalogued a few good stories from your life, but you say you felt you weren't being as authentic as you could or should have been. you want to tell no. us about that? Well, this whole Me Too thing gives a lot of people permission to start talking about stuff. And as I like to say, I don't think that I felt kind of whole until I could put the whole package together. And ironically, the book was called How to Be Authentically You Without Taking Off Your Clothes. And then, as I say in my foreword, it's just there's been such a march forward with so many things. I mean, first, when my book was being edited, Trump was sworn in. And I was reeling from that. I don't know Mm. what you guys were doing, but all my girlfriends and I were phoning each other and literally commiserating. There's a sexual predator who's now leader of the free world. Wow, that didn't see that coming. (laughs) And then when the Weinstein stuff hit later on in the year, uh, though this is not even close to the entertainment industry that we have here in Canada, um, though I've never been out of work as an actor, I'm still not a famous person in terms of, of entertainment. And we were just being it was I felt like body blows you know and I thought oh man I have to I have to actually tell it like it is so much of of my life has been taken up with either being that girl on purpose and making it a, a sort of a lark you know or a, or a calling card of sorts or an image um, and and then alternately fighting through a bunch of stuff that really needn't have been there for some of the roles that I was up for Mm-hmm. Well, you call yourself uh, a sexual abuse survivor yes. with a big personality. Yeah. They're and hard to reconcile. It, it, <laughs> it, it, it is yeah. because uh, you, you couldn't speak up? I couldn't speak up. I mean, I'm 5'10", and I'm not a small woman, and I'm loud, and I've always lived out loud. So my processes happen, you know, visually mm-hmm. and loudly. Mm-hmm. And they always have. And uh, But yes, when things happened, I don't think I was anything different than any other woman out there or a lot of women out there where I froze. And I wasn't able to speak up. And I wasn't believed if I did speak up. And I I, I also felt like, did I invite this myself? Because mm. I'm one of those felt guilty. Yeah. See, that's yeah. why I asked you, because I think yeah. a lot, some women feel well, you know, I'm I'm small and I'm very junior and I don't really I'm not that outgoing right. and so they they have an even greater fear. But if someone like you who is very confident and has a big personality and and seems to be, you know, in control, right? Uh, if you had it had issues <laughs> yeah. saying something, then it's it's far more understandable that most women would. Oh, yeah. No, I get it. And I also respect the fact that some women are never going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, the last chapter of my book, I'm Not Naked, is called, it's titled Maiden Mother Crone. And I started it with the story of my daughter, how I raised my daughter. She's 17 now, consciously, very differently, and how I went through a bunch of stuff that, like, you couldn't even make this What do you mean, up. consciously, very differently? Well, and then I finished with my mom by saying she could not talk about this stuff. And she had her own stories, and she did not want to acknowledge mine. So it just, it just can't, you know, you can't force somebody into being what they are not able to do for themselves so along with this whole me too thing it encompasses women Mm -hmm. who stay quiet for various reasons in a variety of ways and it encompasses men who are also part of that culture that they grew up with 
and it encompasses children from different generations. And I wanted to break that, even though we weren't into the Me Too yet. Mm -hmm. When I decided to keep my child, which was a conscious decision, and I knew I was having a girl, I went, great, I'm going to do this completely differently. And I did. Now, you were sexually abused at the age of two. Yes. Um, by a neighbor. Mm-hmm. And you then ended up living on the same street as I this know. person. And you never <laughs> sought revenge or punishment. By the time, isn't that strange? Like, you, yeah. can't, you can't make this stuff up. Like, I, <laughs> I have had a very unusual life, but some things are just like, what? You know, they're just so unusual. Uh, I was in touch with his daughters at the time, and uh, I was—I made up some story about wanting to find him because I was toying with the idea of bringing him to court. This was, you know, early two thousands, and uh, I found him living on the same two-block street as me in Toronto, where we had started in Brossard, Quebec, all those years ago. So I went into immediate victim oh my God, I'm two years old all over again. And then I went, wait a second, wait, 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 you know. So, and it turns out that he was no longer living there by the time I had looked up that address. And I thought, no, I'm done with that. I'm done with many things, including being angry. Well, on a lighter note, the chapter on your marriage to Margaret Atwood's son is a hoot. (laughs) (laughs) Would you tell our listeners about that one? Oh, that was a very interesting time in my life. Uh, I was with that family for seven years. It was Margaret Atwood's stepson, Mm -hmm. um, Matthew. Uh, I was with them for seven years. I was madly in love with Matthew and just a complete moron at the time in my life and was in a very big, what I would consider a culture clash of, I'm from Montreal, I'm Irish, I'm French-Canadian, we're loud, we're funny, we're, you know, everything happens all at once and hands are flying all the time. And then in their house, that's not what happens. Mm -hmm. Everything is very measured and very Anglo and very... It's different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very. It's. I was not comfortable with it at all. And plus, I was. I was told I had to hide the fact that I was stripping. Where I actually met him in a strip bar. I met him there, and I continued to strip because if I didn't pay the bills, they were never paid on time or at all. So I had to continue. You supported him for a time. Yeah. Yeah. Did 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 Margaret ever find out? Yes, I I went to lunch with her. And, and how did she react? She doesn't uh, strike me as a woman that would have would have been that dismayed. Dismayed is never, I think, in her repertoire. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's safe to say that I've never met anyone who uses silence so ruthlessly. <laughs> Chill. <laughs> oh, frozen out. Okay. So this book, I'm Not Naked Anymore, uh, Memoirs of a Contemporary Jezebel. It's on Amazon now. What do you want people to take away from the book? That it's okay to be you, all that that encompasses. It's really the first time. I waited for the other shoe to drop when this first whole Me Too thing started. I was like, oh, when is it going to, you know, the backlash is going to start? And it has started. That's what, but we, were, that's what we were worried about. This right stopped. This keeps marching forward. Mm-hmm. And as more and more people join this thing, I'm now beginning to see where it's going to end up and just some very new places. So this is not only a good read, because really, I, I look at that myself and I go, it's a miracle I'm alive, first of all, literally. And secondly, it's a funny read because I had to make the most of situations that were thrown at me at the last minute. Um, and I think a lot of women can relate to that. A lot of women are reading the book and going, oh, my 
God, me too. Mm-hmm. Of course, mm-hmm. right? So I'd like them to have that permission to do that. And I'd like us to have some fun with this because we have to bring some levity to the next wave of what's going on. I don't think that getting angry is going to solve anything. But what do you think about the backlash? Because we've been worried about it. We, we've already heard companies yeah. saying, well, maybe I won't hire women anymore. And then, oh, yeah. then the response to that is, well, maybe they should just hire women. And it's like, no. It's like, so how do you feel? We have to the, learn to live together, men and mm-hmm. women. We do. I, a man said the same thing to me. See, when a man asks me that, it's a very different feeling. My back goes up and then I go, okay, wait, 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 wait. We're all, we all were steeped in the same conversation. We all came from the same general. Mm-hmm. I'm talking my, my generation here. And uh, I said to him, well, you know, women have been kept down for a long time now. And maybe it's time for men to just stand in that fire and listen mm-hmm. well and then have a little bit of compassion going, wow, well, that's where we've been all this time. And now maybe you guys are going to be taking a back seat too for a little while. And it's okay. But as long as it's done fairly, mm-hmm. um, I don't like to participate in any of these um, witch hunts. I find them offensive mm-hmm. to everyone. They're not serving anyone. So mm-hmm. I have a very balanced view, I think, of both sexes and where we're going. I'd like to take that message out. And okay. there is an onus to raise your sons well. Yes, and well means not apologizing for their sexuality either. No, that's but, a big but thing. Just, yeah. But just making sure that they, yeah. there is mutual respect. Very much so, yeah. So, Sonia, your website is for people that want to reach you there? Uh, SoniaCote.com with a Y. Excellent. The book is I'm Not Naked Anymore, Memoirs of a Contemporary Jezebel. It's available on Amazon now. The author is Sonia Cote. Thank you so much for joining us. It was my pleasure. Thank you. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Meridian's three-year escalator GIC can help you save for a bucket list trip. In the first year, earn 2% interest. In the second, 3%. In the third, 4%. Those escalating savings could be the difference between this trip and this trip. Visit a branch or meridiancu.ca today to get started. Meridian, saving for a better life while living your best life. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Take the Hill Street Challenge and go alcohol-free for 30 days. Because when you go alcohol-free, good things happen to your body. Better sleep, greater focus, and maybe even... Wow, my bass playing has gotten awesome. Right, honey? Yeah, whatever. Take the Hill Street Challenge and play sexy all night long. Learn more at hillstreetchallenge.com. This is 105.9 The Region. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. And joining us now for Saturday Night at the Movies is film critic Anne Brody, who apparently has been very busy sunbathing. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? <laughs> <What an> experience. <laughs> um, now you I've got must, the burns to show. Exactly. Now you must be very excited because Roma scored ten Oscar nominations this week, including one for Best Picture. I'm still struggling through it. I'm only about twenty minutes in, but you tell me to keep going. I'm saying that because, and Chris, I know you have the same problem. Well, thirty minutes, it's, and then it's sort of. I don't think this is meant yeah, for me. I'm missing something. Trust me, it is slow to start. He's establishing a feel, but it it steps up significantly. But but, but what he's establishing, what he is establishing, it may be a feel. It's drudgery for What the he's establishing mm-hmm. for me is, I am so bored, I'm not interested in Chris, what happens. it's had 10 <laughs> nominations. It's I know. won everything. I know. You've got to participate. Okay. okay we'll try we had a discussion about this earlier about the fact that critics don't often, sometimes oh, they... I have friends living way out in the country, farmer friends, who love it. So you've just got to persevere. Yeah, but their life is very slow. People! I can't believe you're saying this! Oh my God! I'm going to have to like edit all this stuff out. The insults. The insults are trouble. Let's just change subjects here. I live in a world where if I don't put the gas on as soon as the light turns green, I've got five people honking at me. That's where I live. She wants to Do be fast. Roma. And you too, yeah, woman. Yeah, yeah, I watched. Okay. I saw Vice last night. John and I went to see Vice last night. Didn't you love like, Sam Rockwell? Yeah, I did. I did. I, I did. I liked it. Um, Christian Bale, I always think, is amazing, but I'm not sure whether when they're capturing a character like that, whether it's more mimicking or acting, because, I mean, he had him down, but so I, they should win for makeup. They should win the for makeup. Makeup was tremendous, but I think in a way it it, it took away from his spirit somehow. Yeah, I What did know. you think of the wife? Amy Adams, I thought, was amazing. I thought she did a fabulous job. The character? Of Lynn Cheney? Yes, wow. well, let's not, let's wow. we, we would have a long discussion. But what we should talk about, about is Cold War. <laughs> it's Cold War. Yeah. Cold War, yes, from Pavel Pavlovsky. It uh, it won uh, three nominations at the Oscars, including Best Foreign Language Film. And it's basically a romance. It's black and white. It, it begins in the 50s, right after the war in Poland, in the countryside. Mm-hmm. They're still dealing with all the aftermath of what happened to Poland. Um, and, of course, the Russians. Uh, so th- this couple gets together. And over the next 30 years, 20, 30 years, they come apart, they get together, they come apart again. And their relationship is really fraught. You know, it's never smooth. She's leaving him and they're angry and they're getting back together and it's passionate. And it just happens over and over and over again. And each time they're together, you feel, gee, time is racing by. They've got to take advantage of this. And then suddenly, it's 10 years later in Paris, and they're getting together, but they're married to other people. It's just the most fascinating look at a relationship, but it's about the the pressure of time, too. It's lovely to look at. Absolutely crystalline black and white. Well, I always mm. find Matthew McConaughey lovely to look at, and he's in Serenity. He is, along with Anne Hathaway. Mm-hmm. And I will have the review for that on my blog very soon. Okay. So, um, yeah, very much looking forward to that one. I am the knight. Gee whiz. (laughs) Gee whiz. (laughs) Oh, the black, that's about the black Dahlia, Elizabeth Short. We've had other movies about about her. This is from the point of view of an actual relative of the main suspect in the case. It's a complicated story, and you wouldn't believe me if I even wrapped it up in like two sentences. But Mm -hmm. Chris Pine plays a detective who, uh, sorry, not a detective, he was a paparazzo. He was an award-winning 
journalist who did a story on this suspect, uh, separate from the murder on his corruption, um, loses his career over it and comes back as a yellow journalist. He sneaks into the morgue to get a picture of this body he's heard about, who it turns out is Elizabeth Short. So that happens. So a girl comes from uh, upstate, from Nevada, to find her birth parents. She realizes she was handed off at birth. She's not biracial. She's white. So she goes to find her grandfather, who's the suspect. She hooks up with Chris Pine to discover the truth about everything. Honestly, it is so chilling. It's unbelievable. I, 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 almost, I almost can't believe it's on TV. <laughs> well, what about uh, Netflix four-part conversations oh. with a killer, the Ted Bundy tapes, if you're See, talking about chilling and you know, horrific? This is women in peril and murder system. Season. System. <laughs> system of a down. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So it's uh, the new information on Ted Bundy. It's 100 hours that oh. were done with him in interview in the in the 70s and 80s. Now coming to light in this documentary, <sighs> Conversations with a Killer, on Netflix. And uh, we learn an awful lot. Bundy never, until the end of this 100 hours, even began to admit that it might have been him. And then he started talking in the third person about the, what this person might have done to these dozens and dozens of women. And then he finally admitted it. So, yeah, so it's that. It's also interviews with some of the people involved with the case, even a victim that got away. So it's pretty hair-raising. Oh, okay. Uh, now, that we have to leave it there. But as you mentioned before, <laughs> you can find more movie and TV reviews and um, streaming up right now on whatshesaidtalk.com. Thanks, Annie. You're welcome. Connect with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler at whatshesaidtalk.com. When we think about finances, we usually think about budgeting, debt, and saving for retirement. But mm. life insurance is usually not something that gets a lot of attention. Joining us now is personal finance expert Barry Choi to go over why life insurance should be something on your radar, on everybody's radar. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Welcome, Barry. <laughs> Good to be here. <laughs> why don't people talk about life insurance? Is it's, it sort of like not talking about a will? It's boring. Right? Is it boring yeah, or is it just it, kind of they think, oh, if I talk about it, I'm, so, I'm going to die? I'm going to die. Yeah, you know what? That's, that's definitely part of it. It's, it's, uh, it's a scary thing to talk about, right? Especially, um, you know, when you think about it, when you're getting life insurance, you're probably dealing with your partner. And who really wants to talk about death? Or, or like you said, a lot of people push off getting a will, um, even though we all know it's an important thing to do. But it's, it's just a scary subject. And it's, it's not something fun to talk about when you can talk about fun things like, you know, what are we going to eat this weekend or where are we going to go on vacation? Well, I find it confusing, frankly. <laughs> it's so confusing, right? Uh, but at the same time, it can be very easy to understand. You know, for people who are wondering what exactly is life insurance, mm -hmm. uh, it's exactly what it sounds. Uh, you, you purchase a policy and if something were to happen to you, uh, your beneficiaries would get a payout. And how much you get paid out depends on uh, what kind of policy you're you're buying? Um, so it's very important, and people may say, you know what, I'm young, I don't need life insurance. You know, I'm not going to die for you know 40, 50 years, but we never know what's going to happen out there. You, you know, could get run over by a bus. Well, that's exactly exactly it, and, and you know, 
I, I like to tell people is you need life insurance if you've got dependents in your life. So if you're married and you have a mortgage, the last thing you want is for your spouse or your partner to be all of a sudden uh, trying to pay this mortgage on a single income while mm-hmm. dealing with grief uh, if you were to suddenly pass away. Same applies if you have children. You know, imagine trying to raise a family and people do it all the time, but it's tough to raise a family to have a mortgage and have kids on a single income. Uh, and that's the purpose of life insurance, to pr- kind of protect your loved ones in a worst case scenario. So what kinds of life insurance are there? I mean, how, how do we yeah. break it down? When people are saying, okay, I should get insurance, what, mm-hmm. are, what are the options? So generally speaking, there's two types of options. There's term insurance, which basically is a term you buy from anywhere from 10 to 40 years. Um, and then you... You basically choose how much you want to be insured for. You know, mm-hmm. it could be be up to a million. I'm sure you could get even more coverage. And as you can imagine, the more coverage you want, the more it's going to cost you. And obviously, things affect your premiums based on your age. Um, and there's also universal life, which is a little bit more complicated. But, you know, there's tax incentives. There's kind of some financial planning tools aspect to it. Um, so you want to talk to your in- insurance consultant just to figure so out. So what's universal life? Yeah, universal life basically means that you have it forever. Right, so there's no term. Uh, you have it until you die. You pay more, uh, but there are additional benefits, and it depends on your situation. So, like I said, you want to talk to your insurance consultant so you really understand what you're getting and why it makes sense in your your situation to get it over term insurance instead. Is it expensive life insurance? Life, you know, funny thing is, life insurance is not expensive at all, and people don't realize this. You know. I checked RBC Insurance, and I did an online quote just for an average female, 35 years old, non-smoker, and they would only pay $18 a month, and that's for like $500,000 worth of insurance. Now, if you if that same female was 40 years old, she'd only pay $22 a month. So as you can imagine, if you were to purchase term insurance at a younger age, say in your early 20s, only when you need it. I wouldn't recommend it if you don't need it quite yet. Um, your premiums are just lower. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's that simple. So you, and you can lock it in if you've got that. Exactly. Term. That's the whole point of a term life. So if you're healthy in your 20s and you want to lock in 30, 40 years into your 60s, you're, you're set. You're going to pay the same amount. Um, and, and, you know, if you've got health concerns, you might have to pay a little bit more. Uh, but they can sometimes do medical tests. So just because, like, let's just mm-hmm. say you've, you've got a health condition, that doesn't mean you won't be insured. Yes, you might have to pay higher premiums, but it's still worth investigating to find out just in case. So there is a physical involved usually. Not always. And a physical sometimes, it, it really depends – Generally speaking, most times there isn't a physical, but if you've got a pre-existing condition, um, you know, I personally have hepatitis B, so they just wanted a blood test. And to me, that wasn't a problem. I totally understood why it was. Uh, But generally speaking, quite often you don't need a physical anymore. But I know that, for example, uh, smokers... Yes, exactly. Will pay more. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So if, if you're a smoker, you would definitely pay more. Uh, if you if you have a disease that um, or a health condition that was inherited, then possibly you know you have to go through it. Um, so so that's the whole point of these questionnaires. That you fully disclose what you have, and you want to make sure you disclose this information because if you don't, uh-huh, you're can, you're you come back to it haunt could you. Be exactly. Invalidated yeah. later. Exactly. And people say, hey, it's okay. You know what? Always tell the truth, in my opinion. Well, my uh, my husband. Uh, has not renewed our insurance. I think mm. he likes to make sure that he's actually worth more alive than dead. <laughs> <laughs> I think he is, right? <laughs> so far. <laughs> or right now. Anyway, um, so it, it's easy to get, right? You can just go in. Yeah, so it's so easy. RBC has a simplified term life coverage up to $1 million. And it covers you, like, you can choose between 10 to 40 years. And what's nice about it is you can get an instant quote online. And if you decide to purchase it immediately, mm-hmm. all you have to do is really just fill out a 15-minute application. So Everything's done online. So like we said, if there's no weird things where you don't require a physical or blood test, uh, you can do everything online with RBC insurance.
insurance now, which is really convenient. When would you recommend that people buy it? Uh, you know, for me, like we were talking about earlier, if you've got dependents. So definitely if you have a mortgage or you have kids, uh, that's when you really, really <laughs> want to, well, you should have it. There's, there's no doubt about it. I always think of my mortgage as a dependent. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Hey, listen. So Barry just wrote a post um, about this on his blog, which is moneywehave.com. So you can find out more there. And you can also reach him on Twitter at Barry Choi if you have any questions. Thank you so much for coming in. Glad to be here. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Take the Hill Street Challenge and go alcohol-free for 30 days. Because when you go alcohol-free, good things happen to your body. Better sleep, less tired, greater focus. There is one downside, however. Oops. Higher furniture costs. Take the Hill Street Challenge and see what you can break. Learn more at hillstreetchallenge.com. Cheers to a better you. This is 105.9 The Region. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Music and words have the power to create social change, inspire, empower, and give hope to those touched by mental illness. Joining us now is Ingrid Tahari, the Artistic and Executive Director of High Notes Avante. They aim to inspire, give hope, and connect to those touched by mental illness through artistic expression. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much for having me. Why don't you start by telling us how you first got the idea to start High Notes? All right. Um, well, experience. Um, so different experiences, experience with mental illness, both in family and friends and loved ones, experience with stigma, experience with music, experience with uh, communications, uh, and um, all of that together made me, and also watching the Oscars and the Grammys and shows that are inspiring and knowing that music has power to change people's mm-hmm. minds mm-hmm. Uh, and knowing that if you just want to talk about mental illness, this is like five years ago. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, people Things talk have about changed. it even less Less-less, back yeah. then and they were even more uh, hesitant to share with a loved one or friends what's going on. Like you'll share about cancer, you'll share about heart disease, you'll share about diabetes. But mental illness, you you mm-hmm. might want to pack your bags and leave town if it happens to you in some cases, right? right. Uh, so... Um, I wanted to make sure that those that I cared about and those um, that I loved that have been affected wouldn't feel that shame and just using my little talents, whatever I had, you know. <laughs> but it's a long process to change those perceptions yeah. and the way people are received. What do you feel the link is between mental health and musical compositions? 
um, I'm not a composer, but I believe that we all need to express what's going on with ourselves, whether we're able to do that in words or music or, you know, drumming or, you know, boxing or athletics. We need a way to do that. So I guess for the composer, it's the way that they express how they feel and let it out somehow. And I know in the fact of um, the little concert that we have on Thursday, January 31st, with Frank Horvat, he's a composer and a pianist, and uh, the music he will be playing then is music that was composed when he himself was going through depression. And rather than talking to people, he found it easier to put it down in notes. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. so so this is a, a mini event, one of the many events. Yes. You, yeah. And then in April, you have the big gala. Well, uh, it's kind of a mini gala this year. A mini gala. Right? <laughs> a mini gala. We used to have a really big gala with 500 people attending in the main theater at the Richmond Hill Center for the Performing Arts, mm-hmm. or sometimes at the Flat or Markham Theater. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't have that much money. We don't have money to pay staff. So rather than not doing it, we are doing a smaller version. So there's a room for about 150 people this time around. It's still at the Richmond Hill Center for Performing Arts, but it isn't a plaza suite. And rather than having maybe 10 different performers and speakers, mm-hmm. we're having at least two, maybe a couple more. Yeah. Well, I mean, you do this without any government support, any government funding. We have a little bit of municipal support. A little bit of municipal yeah. support. Okay, but you, you have managed to attract some very high-profile yeah. people. <laughs> Dan Hill, Lou Bagoya, yeah. friend yeah. Lloyd Robertson, yeah. MC, that kind of thing. Um and it's definitely, um, I have been told, I have not attended one, uh-huh. it is one of the better events like this that well, goes I'm, on I'm in the community. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so tell us about why you are passionate about sharing stories regarding mental health. Uh, I think there's still such a big need out there for people to get comfortable doing it. And mm-hmm. I think it's such a shame when people suffer when they don't need to. So mm-hmm. if you are able to bring people together that have the same experience, whether it's, you know, it might not be depression, it might be another form of mental illness, like anxiety, panic disorder, even if it's their families, to know they're not alone. Um, mm-hmm. And to bring it to a level of normalcy that, you know, cancer is a kind of normal part of almost every family's life. Mm-hmm. Mental illness is also... Uh, a normal uh, part of every family's life. So I think that's really what I want that's to what, happen. Yeah, I, I would think uh. it would be crucial, too, because there are there's such a spectrum of mental health, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and many people who may not suffer a very serious ailments mm-hmm. still may go through periods where they suffer depression. And it might only be for a few months. Mm-hmm. And it might be once every 10 years that mm-hmm. something's happened. Mm-hmm. But everybody, very few people have not experienced some slight sure. form yeah. of mental health issues in their lifetime. Yeah. Would you and not agree? Absolutely. And I think it's important to recognize that and to take care of yourself and to not beat yourself up over it, to realize it's normal and that help is available and it's okay to get the help. And there's so many different ways we can get help. So uh, what we're doing at these events are having people who are a little bit more open about sharing, share their experiences. And um, at the same time, it's also really entertaining because mm-hmm. you know most people love to see dance and music. Um, so it kind of breaks up that, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? 
um, yeah, like the hesitation. Mm-hmm. Like it makes it easier and to, to deal. With. I think though that that uh. you, I mean, this shows what um, one person can make a difference. One woman can make a difference. <laughs> I mean, this started very small, but it was a grassroots effort that has grown. Um, you are not compensated. You, have, in fact, you're starting a new job I soon <laughs> in the corporate world. Yeah. Um, but yet you're still so driven to do this for the people in your community. It's fabulous. It's kind of fun, too. You know, I've, I've met so many amazing people that I probably would never have met if I just put like an ostrich mm-hmm. in my head in the bushes and mm-hmm. said, you know, sure, you know, there was mental health issues in my uh, surroundings. But, you know, if I put my head in the bush, uh, you know, then... Mm-hmm. Head in the sand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the English. I'm from Sweden. We say it differently over there. <laughs> so, okay. so, yeah. So, so you know, we, we, we put our head up high and then we meet some exciting other creatures. <laughs> so, um, so on this mini event, this mm-hmm. is uh, like a chance for you to hear original compositions by... Other performers? Are we How talking about the January event now? Yes. Or in April? Yeah. yeah, yeah. This, this is just a one-person mm-hmm. uh, uh, show. So Frank Horvath is the composer and the performer. So he's performing at the Steinway Piano Gallery, which is mm-hmm. located in Markham near Woodbine and John Street. So it's mm-hmm. easy, accessible, no matter where you come from. Um, and so he will both play these compositions on the piano. Mm-hmm. The Steinway is, you know, the best of the yeah. best when it comes to pianos. <laughs> and share a little bit about what he was going through as he went through those compositions and a little bit about how um, he himself is coping with uh, living with depression. Right. So then so, so then after the events, mm-hmm. um, like what happens? Are there programs that you suggest that people go to you to connect people with? But well, we used to do that at the big, at the big events, like the at big the, uh, high note scale. We had all these different organizations that are support organizations available there, and they were able to reach out to people, and people could uh, get uh, the support they needed. Um, so because of, you know, uh, we don't have the time, we don't have uh, the mm. resources, uh, we hope people make connections with each other and maybe just go on our website. We have a resource page on the website of where you can go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even if they just go to their own doctor and say, I have a problem. And it may not even be that they have a problem. They may already have passed this problem, but they might talk to somebody else in that audience and just have a little small conversation and you know open up a little about their experience and um, share you know, so that they don't feel alone. It's also about getting rid of that loneliness. Right. Now, can people um, mm-hmm. go onto your website and also get tickets for the events that you're putting on? Um, I believe they can. I'm not sure if I have linked it yet, but there's... <laughs> <laughs> so they will. So what is on? the yeah. website? So our website is highnotesavante.ca. Highnotesavante, A-V-A-N-T-E. That's correct. Dot C-A. It means moving forward on higher yeah. notes. Um, and... The event bright for this particular concert on January 31st is Piano Concert for Mental Health. So if you just Google that on Eventbrite, you'll get the oh, link to our, Yeah, oh. it's on Eventbrite. So that's excellent. Yeah. Now, the April concert is through the Richmond Hill Box Office. Now, as of mm. next week, you're starting a new full-time position, but that doesn't mean that this is going to stop. No, it doesn't. No, it just means that... Uh, 
I'm going to make some a money? few steps back. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> a little bit. That was part of it. <laughs> Not a bad thing. No. It's no. never a bad yeah. thing. Um, and Ingrid Tahari, thank you very much for coming on and telling us about um, about the program. And we will send everybody again to the website one more time. HighNotesAmonte.ca. Great. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Meridian's three-year escalator GIC can help you save for a bucket list trip. In the first year, earn 2% interest. In the second, 3%. In the third, 4%. Those escalating savings could be the difference between this trip and this trip. Visit a branch or meridiancu.ca today to get started. Meridian, saving for a better life while living your best life. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Passion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit kernsandco.com. Take the Hill Street Challenge and go alcohol-free for 30 days. Because when you go alcohol-free, good things happen to your body. Better sleep, greater focus, and maybe even... Wow, my bass playing has gotten awesome. Right, honey? Yeah, whatever. Take the Hill Street Challenge and play sexy all night long. Learn more at hillstreetchallenge.com. This is 105.9 The Region. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. What you're listening to is Sombrero by country singer and songwriter Scotty James, who joins us now in studio. And welcome back to What She Said. It's been a while. Thank you. Yeah, a long time no see. Absolutely. <laughs> you uh, ended up at uh, Kate's door the other night. Why don't you tell our <laughs> listeners about your unique way of getting your music out there? Oh, man. Um, yeah, I mean, that whole thing started like way back six years ago um, when I was trying to get my, my music career going. Uh, it actually was a combination of things. I was working a door-to-door a sales job selling lawn care. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where I got the experience. And then so, um, and I was, you know, after I was done that job, I was trying to, you know, get things going with my career. So I kind of took that experience and the idea of busking and um, put, it put it together and went door-to-door and serenaded people on their front porches. It was very cool. And, uh, it was yeah. very cool, but I'm like, uh, we've had you on our show. I did not look at my, my best. And he was like, looking at me going, oh, my God, oh, my God. And I said, and you should come back. So there we go. And it yeah. was, as you said, uh, during a, a front porch serenade where you were discovered by your my manager. Your yeah. manager. Yeah, serendipitously, yeah. Um, and then six months later after meeting him, 
got my first single on the top 20 in Canada. So it was, uh, you know, it's crazy what can happen when you just go outside of your comfort zone and, <laughs> and do something different. Um, but, but when I came to your door recently, you know, I was selling CDs actually mm-hmm. door to door because um, I'm going down to Nashville to make an album and getting support for that. And I've gotten, you know, an overwhelming amount of support. Uh, so it's been great. Well, you, you know, you, you certainly show initiative. Um, you say that you were bullied a lot in school and performing gave you the confidence to, mm-hmm. uh, to sort of pursue your dream full time. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would, um, I went through a lot of bullying. It was terrible. Um, no one should have to go through that. But I came, would come home from school and start playing my mom's guitar, and that was like an escape. Mm. And I started writing songs by myself, and um, and it wasn't till like years and years later that I actually performed in front of people. So tell tell us about what your 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 new album that you're working on. You're going down to Nashville. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, um, working on an EP actually. That's my goal. Um, so I'm going to write going down there just to write and um, develop my sound, experiment with new producers. So where can people find you online and get your music? Um, I think the best way is you know either YouTube or Spotify, Scotty James Music, um, or my website ScottyJamesMusic.com. Mm-hmm. Well, you, uh, it is great to see you again, and not at yeah. my front door, but actually, you know, here in yeah. studio where I, we can get the word out for you. <laughs> I'm sure that's the first time you've had a musician at your front door, uh, Well, other than carolers, yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> they don't charge, though, do they? Uh, well, you, you do give them a tip. Um, yeah, I guess so, eh? That is it for What She Said. We'll be back again tomorrow at noon right here on 105.9 The Region. Be sure to follow us on social media at What She Said Talk. And now, singing us out in our live studio sessions here is Scotty James performing like it never happened. Hearing you say, don't call me anymore, hit me like a wave. Knock me right down to the floor You left me holding on to Your reasons why you had to leave But I don't understand How you can just pretend Like it never happened Never woke up right beside you Never made love, never touched me Like you never let me go Like I never held you When you needed it the most How could you say you love me now you don't Maybe you can but I can't Pretend Like it never happened Might be okay If we didn't say those things Making me think One day you'd wear my ring You'd be mine forever For worse or for better So I don't understand How you can just pretend Like it never happened 
Never woke up right beside me Never made love, never touched me Like you never let me go Like I never held you When you needed it the most How could you say you love me now you don't Maybe you can but I can't Pretend like it never happened But I don't understand And I wish I could pretend like it never happened Never woke up right beside you Never made love, never touched me Like you never let me go Like I never held you When you needed it the most How could you say you love me now you don't Maybe you can, but I can't Stand like it never happened Like it never happened Yeah Like it never happened Hi, I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.